Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm looking at holes in my baby's brain. Nature's deadliest organisms. I was frightened. They can hijack our bodies. We were all pretty much freaking out. Disable our immune systems. This parasite colonizes the brain. And eat us from within. He was gasping for air. For those infected, they are the monsters inside me. Kayla and Donnie Thompson live in the suburban town of White City in Saskatchewan, Canada. They have three young children. Our oldest is Macy. She is six years old. Our middle child is Caden. He is four. And then there's Kyler. He is 13 months and he is into everything. Kyler is a very curious kid. He gets into everything and anything. Donnie works at a car dealership while Kayla stays home with the kids. I'm more of the strict mom role. And he's still the fun, you know, dad comes home and, you know, he plays and jokes around, you know, and then I'm on the other side. So we kind of balance each other out that way. We're both family oriented and just enjoyed each other's company. It's a Saturday afternoon in autumn. Kayla is out and Donnie is home with the children. I was at home watching the kids. I had just come into the kitchen for uh, a minute, not even a minute, and Kyler had come out of the bedroom and it looked like he was chewing on something or had something in his mouth. But when I went to check, there was nothing there. And so Kyler and the kids had went back to playing. I didn't think that much of it. A few hours later, Donnie gets Kyler ready for his afternoon nap. I put him on my shoulder. I was rocking him to sleep, and he was drooling a fair amount. I just uh, assumed that it was him teething. He fell asleep. I put Kyler in the crib. But then, the toddler does something unexpected. He curled up into, like, the fetal position. 
It's not the normal way that he would sleep. I felt a little concerned with him laying that way. It just looked odd that he was in the fetal position. Donnie leaves Kyler sleeping in his crib and goes back downstairs. But then his paternal instincts kick in. After about a, I don't even know if it was a half an hour, I uh, went in and checked on him because something just didn't feel right. And then I found Kyler, he was breathing abnormally. And he had puked a little bit. I was worried that something was wrong, but I, I didn't know what. I took him to the bathroom right away. But as Donnie prepares to clean him up, something else happens. When I set him on the counter, he was gasping for air. It was like a... <sighs> so then I called Caleb in a panic. Kayla takes the call from her husband. He said that Kyler just wasn't feeling himself. And I could hear him in the background. You could hear the breaths getting louder and louder and like him struggling. And that's what got me worried. And I said, well, I'll come home. Just don't do anything. And I said, I'll, I'll come home right now. When she arrives, she finds Donnie with Kyler by the front door. She was very surprised and she grabbed him right away. He's starting to cry and getting upset and wondering what was going on. And you could see the fear in his eyes as well. Kyler was getting worse and worse by the minute. And you could hear the heaving, like the deep breaths, like something was closing up. That's when panic kicked in and we ran. We ran to the vehicle and jumped in and took off to the hospital. It's a 15-mile trip. I was in the front passenger side and just held Kyler in my arms. Kyler just looked tired and he had his head down. He was struggling for each breath and it was getting louder and louder, like a gulping for air. On the way in, it was getting worse and worse. We're about 25 minutes from the hospital and I'm sure we made it in 12. When they arrive, Kyler's condition is critical. I basically ran in, I said, baby, not breathing. We had nurses and doctors running at us. And we laid Kyler down on the table. Doctors assess Kyler and come to an immediate conclusion. They did the usual tests, like the temperature and the blood pressure, and looked for any signs of what was wrong. They figured he might be having an allergic reaction, so they gave him some medicine to open his airway because they figured that it was closing up, and that was why he was short of breath. And when they said allergic reaction, in a way, I was like, well, okay, we can fix this. This is, you know, temporary. But the allergy medication has no effect. It was just getting worse instead of better. He was gasping for air. So one of the things they had tried was putting an oxygen mask on him. That didn't change his breathing or didn't help at all. The beeping on the monitor started to go dangerously low, which meant that his oxygen levels was depleting. He was still struggling. And I was kind of getting frustrated, like, what else can we do? What, what are we not doing? Why is he still like this? To keep Kyler breathing, doctors insert an oxygen tube down his airway. It was very shocking. It's not something that you see very often. 
We were just hoping that they could control his breathing. One doctor has suggested maybe that he was getting croup and, and that was closing up his lungs. Croup is an infection that causes the vocal cords to swell, making it difficult to breathe. It is most common in small children. I was very worried. I've heard kids dying from croup. To confirm this hypothesis, doctors send Kyler for an x-ray of his chest. Kayla and Donnie wait nervously. We were basically pacing back and forth, wondering what's going on, you know, checking the time. Why is it taking so long? Donnie was really upset. I was very worried, scared, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Doctors finally return to the waiting couple. What the scan shows changes everything. They thought they saw a coin lodged in his throat. They told us it would be a simple procedure. They would put him under and basically just take the coin out. Well, his breathing was under control, and we finally found out what the problem was. It was a lot of relief. Doctors take Kyler in for what they believe will be a short procedure. For an hour and a half, doctors operate, leaving Kayla and Donnie to grow anxious. The surgeon came out and he looked at us and said, this isn't good. He was holding what we thought was a coin and he showed us and he said, this is a battery. This went from bad to like really bad. Who knows what kind of damage a battery can do. And at that point, you're thinking again, the worst. For eight hours, a quarter-sized button battery has been lodged in Kyler's throat. Surrounded by bodily fluids, the battery began conducting electricity and generating poisonous chemicals. The chemicals burned through the flesh, causing the swelling in Kyler's throat that nearly suffocated him. The doctor said that he got the battery out, but there was still another problem. The damage was serious just something that you never think would happen to your own kid. Kyler wasn't able to breathe on his own. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Doctors have just removed a button battery from one-year-old Kyler Thompson's throat. During the eight hours it was lodged there, chemicals generated by the battery caused life-threatening damage. Kyler is unable to breathe on his own, so doctors must perform a tracheotomy. When Kayla and Donnie Thompson finally see their son again, they are in for a shock. There was wires everywhere. There was monitors and machines and everything was beeping. We were taken back because we had never seen anyone with a trach. And to see, you know, him breathing out of his neck, it was quite scary. He's not going to be able to talk. Is he not going to be able to breathe properly? All those things go through your head. I went into shock mode and where do we go from here? And I just didn't think that this was happening to us. This could be Kyler. Like, this could be the way he is forever. It's common for young children, especially between the ages of one and three, to swallow foreign objects such as coins, marbles, and buttons. While adults use their hands to identify an object, a baby's most developed sensory nerves are in its mouth. So a baby's instinct is to put an object in its mouth, not necessarily to eat it, but to understand it. I've never heard of anyone swallowing a battery. How did this happen? When I came home from the hospital, I looked at the remote and noticed that the back was pulled off and the battery was missing out of it. I was a little bit mad at myself at the time because I was the only one home. For weeks, Kyler remains in ICU with a tracheotomy tube in his neck. Then, Kayla and Donnie see a significant change. We had bought him a bunch of little cars, so he was sitting on the bed, and he went and he was moving the cars back and forth, and he went vroom, vroom. And I think it was that moment when he, he realized that if he covered his trach with his chin, sound came out. He, it was just like the best thing ever because he was, you know, he's making sounds and we were just thinking he wasn't going to be able to do it. And from there on, he has never stopped talking. Finally, something's going better, right? After two months in the hospital, doctors finally discharged the boy. Today, Kyler is a thriving three-year-old boy, but the button battery has left its mark and it's unclear if he will ever heal completely. He can't live without the trach, so... As long as he needs it, I guess we're going to have to deal with it. If he's outside for too long, if he gets too dry, he'll cough up blood. Fluid can't get into his lungs. 
but he does everything that a normal little boy should do. He screams, hollers, he talks, he sings, he laughs. He, the only difference is he has a tiny little hole in his throat. We're grateful that we have him here and we're just happy that he's here with us and alive. He's one of the strongest kids I've ever known. He's been through so many surgeries and still always has a smile on his face. In North America every year, there are more than 3,500 cases of button batteries being swallowed. The majority of cases are in children under six years old. Each year, approximately 13 cases result in death. To prevent children swallowing them, parents and caregivers should make sure that battery compartments are properly secured at all times. John and Chris Hoover are a married couple living in Fairfax, Virginia. John works in sales, and Chris works at their church, which is the center of this family's life. Our faith is what unites us as a family. Our church is our home away from home. I think it's kept us together and as tight as we are. They have three daughters, Laura, Carrie, and their youngest, 18-year-old Jamie, who has just gone off to college. She is very smart. She's also incredibly driven. I decided to flip a coin to decide which school to go to, and I ended up at Virginia Tech. Starting a new life is exciting for Jamie, but Chris and John have mixed feelings. Jamie is our baby. Taking her to school was hard. It was obviously the beginning of the empty nest for us. It's the beginning of December, and Jamie is cramming for finals. It was the first finals week I'd had in college. I kind of didn't know what to expect. I was at the library, and the fluorescent lights started to really get to me. My eyes just started to hurt. I was worried by the time I would sit down to take my finals, I wouldn't be able to sit there long enough and focus on what I had learned. So I started wearing my glasses. The next day, she tries to study again. So I was studying in our campus library, and I started getting a really bad migraine. I would feel it right behind my eyes, a constant throbbing. But I wasn't too concerned. I put my studying away for the day. I just figured I'd spent too much time in one place uh, reading textbooks. Despite the headaches, Jamie does well on her exams. A few weeks later, she's back home on her winter break. I was driving and I got a very sour and repulsive taste in my mouth. It seemed like something I may have eaten before that had gone sour and was just a very sharp and pretty disgusting taste in my mouth and kind of made me feel sick. I wanted to throw up in order to get the taste out of my mouth because that's how bad it was. It honestly just caught me off guard. It was definitely odd. But that's not her only problem. I felt the corners of my vision start to turn black. And then eventually I couldn't see anything at all. She manages to pull over safely. On the side of the road, my sight wasn't gone for 45 seconds and then it came back. I was in a state of shock. Jamie drives home carefully and keeps the weird episode to herself. Later that night, something startles her awake. I woke up in the middle of the night and I smelled something burning. So maybe either a 
hair straightener that had been left on or a candle. I was really confused that what could possibly be burning. But I couldn't find anything producing the smell. Then she is hit by a wave of nausea. I definitely thought I was going to throw up. Jamie goes to the bathroom. But there, things get even stranger. So I was sitting in front of the toilet. But nothing happened. My body didn't feel like it needed to throw up. It was more like, I think I need to throw up. I was definitely anxious. The next evening, Jamie tells her family about her symptoms. Everyone else at the table looks at each other and is thinking, that was all in your head. We thought it was possibly associated with the migraine. I don't immediately jump to scary uh, conclusions. I tend to think normal things happen to normal people so that everything has an easy resolution. It was an odd story. No one really knew how to take it. It was alarming. It would happen, and then literally moments later, it was gone. It was hard to understand because it was so very foreign. We decided that she needed to go to the doctor. My dad thought this isn't normal. It's not something to overlook. The next day, John takes Jamie to the doctor. I told her that I'd been having a migraine since finals week. Then I also mentioned to her about these episodes I'd been having with the vision lost and the taste and the smell. Jamie said, it's coming again. The doctor and I, we obviously didn't see anything, sense anything, smell anything. But Jamie was saying, I can smell it. I think I'm going to get sick. Literally seconds later, she was fine. What could this be? How bad it could be? As a parent, the helplessness goes up another notch. What exactly are we facing? She didn't mention anything to us. She just called the hospital. The pediatrician sends them straight to the emergency room. John calls me and says, we're going straight to the emergency room. Obviously, the doctor thinks it's more than just a migraine. We've definitely crossed over into an unknown... At the hospital, doctors run an MRI on Jamie's brain, and the results are disturbing. Inside of the brain are two large circles. I'm looking at holes in my baby's brain, and I don't think there's anything I could say now or anything that would help me process what I was seeing. Neurologist Dr. Eric Sklar steps in to interpret the scans. And he observes that the circles aren't holes. There's something more insidious. Uh, the two areas could represent uh, a mass or some sort of inflammation. We couldn't exclude the possibility of uh, a tumor. I couldn't believe that there could actually be something in my brain. On the left side, it was extending into the temporal lobe area. The temporal lobe processes sensory input and memory. It's very likely to cause seizures when there's inflammation in that area. And Dr. Sklar believes Jamie's hallucinations are partial seizures. Not knowing if this is a permanent brain condition or something that can be treated is unsettling, to say the least, and very, very concerning. Anytime someone has a mass or swelling in their brain, it's serious. We just wanted to 
try and find out what it was so it could be treated the right way. Is surgery going to have to be an option at all? But they were too deep in my brain for that to be considered. And that's when I think I began to realize what this meant and how it could be pretty scary. Dr. Sklar takes a detailed history of her previous symptoms and reaches a stunning diagnosis. Based on the MRI findings, her other test results, the history of partial seizures, Jamie had pork tapeworm. When you hear that there is a tapeworm in your daughter's brain, what will that mean? I'd never heard of it before. We were all pretty much freaking out. The pork tapeworm is a parasite also known as tinea solium. Inside Jamie's body, the pork tapeworm eggs hatch into larvae in her stomach. From there, they burrow through her intestinal wall and travel in the blood to her brain, where they form into hardened cysts. As the cysts expand, they put pressure on the brain, leading to her migraines, hallucinations, and seizures. I was grossed out to think that there was something living in her brain. Absolutely shocking. Dr. Sklar puts Jamie on a powerful antiparasitic medication, but there's a problem. Pork tapeworms have a brilliant defense mechanism that makes them very tricky to kill. The encysted larvae secrete a chemical that prevents the body's immune cells from penetrating the cyst. But when the cysts are treated with medication, they stop secreting that chemical, prompting the body's immune system to launch a massive attack on the cysts. This causes the brain to swell, resulting in a deadly condition known as encephalitis. We were concerned. We were worried that if the pork tapeworm wasn't treated uh, adequately, that she could have continued uh, lesions in her brain with swelling uh, and have continued seizures. No one knew. No one knew what the process exactly would hold. I didn't know what to expect out of the meds. I was worried because I had no idea what would happen to me. For two months, Jamie remains on medication to treat the condition. Then, one day at a religious function with her family, she experiences something incredible. So it was about now two months with a migraine, and I was with a group of friends at the campus ministry, and that night the headache stopped. It's hard to describe it as anything but a God moment. And she was in pain, and, and it stopped. So it's a pretty emotional moment. We were so happy, and honestly hopeful in a new kind of way. It was definitely a drastic difference. I'd almost forgotten what it felt like to not have a migraine. We had a follow-up MRI done around that time, which showed that the two lesions uh, had been reduced in size by about 50%, which indicated the medication was working. Pork tapeworm has two primary hosts, humans and pigs. The worms lay eggs that are passed out in human feces. If a pig then eats the contaminated feces, the eggs grow into cysts in its muscle tissue, and the life cycle repeats. However, when the tapeworm eggs and feces are ingested by another person, the parasites hatch into larvae in the person's intestines. That allows the parasites to get into the bloodstream, and from there, they can infect the brain. Jamie thinks she knows when she may have been exposed. I had been to Dominica in the past 
two years, we bought a lot of fruit off of street vendors, and it was possible that the fruit was contaminated and I could have ingested it that way. Today, Jamie is back at school and studying hard. And although medication has mostly eradicated the cysts, their presence has made a significant impact. My memory isn't quite where it was. I'm not understanding and processing things like I used to. But I have a relatively healthy brain now. I was definitely very thankful how close my family was and supportive they were in making sure I was okay. Pork tapeworm infections are most common in Asia, Africa, and South America. In the U.S., an estimated 1,000 people are infected with pork tapeworm each year. Travelers to endemic regions should not eat undercooked pork and should ensure that the food they do eat is prepared in sanitary conditions. Steve and Linda Brown live on a tree farm in the Appalachian Mountains near North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. We have over a thousand pine trees on 40 acres of land. It's a small, small community. That's why I like it. They have two daughters, seven-year-old Melissa and six-year-old Faith. Melissa, she's a tomboy. She likes going outside, catching frogs, and Faith is a girly girl. She likes to dress up, and she likes to moon her daddy. She thinks that's hilarious. And the tree farm provides the perfect place to raise their two daughters. We like to go walking through the trees. It's mid-June. Linda and her daughter Faith are spending the afternoon at home. I was cleaning. Faith was laying on the love seat, and she told me she had a headache and didn't feel good. Faith never laid down. She played until it was bedtime. I wasn't really concerned. I just thought it was something that she would be over in a few days. Faith rests the rest of the day. But the following day, Linda discovers Faith has a slight temperature. But that's not all. I saw some spots on her arm. Brown, red spots. But I wasn't extremely worried. I was always concerned if one of my youngins didn't feel good. Later that day, she takes Faith to the doctor's office. The doctor thought she might have the chicken pox. Chicken pox is a viral infection that often affects children. It causes rashes, fatigue, and fever, and is also highly contagious. He just said to give her fever reducer, and she should be better in a few days. When Linda gets Faith home, she keeps her away from Melissa. The doctor said that she could be contagious. So she started laying around in mine and Steve's bedroom, and Melissa would stay in the living room. So she left her alone. Melissa felt bad. The following day, Linda discovers something troubling. When I went to check on Faith, her face was very, very red. It had a raised rash all over it. It was not a normal rash. Yeah, that's not normal. I took her temperature and it was up to 102. At that point, I knew she didn't have chickenpox. Linda calls the doctor's office. 
The doctor takes a precautionary approach and prescribes antibiotics for Faith over the phone. I thought, we're finally going to get something to help her and she's going to get better. I was relieved. And by the next morning, Faith is already showing signs of recovery. You could tell by looking at her that she did feel better. Her skin looked better, and she was smiling. I thought the antibiotic is kicking in, and it's going to do the trick. It made me feel like she's getting on the road to getting better. That night, Linda and Steve go to bed feeling at ease for the first time in four days. But the relief is short-lived. She was feeling bad again. And I took her temperature, and it was 104. 104. I don't think that's right. That's too hot. Temperatures this high can result in dehydration, hallucinations, and convulsions. I was frightened. Her fever just kept going up instead of going away. I said, well, maybe tomorrow she'll feel better. I was just hoping. I was hoping. But I was beginning to question what was wrong with her. With no signs of improvement, Linda rushes Faith back to her pediatrician. He told me that it was just a virus that would have to run its course. I was tired of hearing it's a virus, but I allowed him to overrule me, which is what the good little Southern girl does. Still, the doctor performs additional blood work and sends the family home. But a few hours later, Linda receives a phone call. For a doctor to call you from his home, that's kind of alarming. Faith's blood test results are in. Her platelet count is dangerously low. I didn't know what to think. Platelets are the cells that allow the blood to clot. A platelet count below 150,000 is considered low. He said that her platelets were 17,000. He just didn't know why. It scared me. The doctor pressed on her stomach and she flinched. The doctor said her liver was enlarged. The liver is a vital organ that removes toxins from the blood. When the liver swells, it can be the sign of a blood infection. In some cases, an enlarged liver can be life-threatening. I was frightened. With Faith's illness still a mystery, doctors draw more blood. And as a precaution, they place Faith on a variety of antibiotics. As Faith's condition continues to deteriorate, Linda tries to comfort her. The nurse had told me if I wanted to, I could get in the bed with Faith. But Faith couldn't take it. She couldn't stand for me to lay beside her. It hurt her. There was nothing I could do to comfort her. I was scared. Within hours, doctors have the test results. They told me that it was Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. I was worried. Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever is a life-threatening disease caused by the microorganism Rickettsia rickettsii. Inside Faith's body, the microorganisms infect the lining of her blood vessels, where they feed and reproduce. Eventually, the growing Rickettsia colonies cause the vessels to rupture, 
leading to her fever, low blood count, and body-wide rashes. I didn't know how dangerous it was. That scared me that much more. What makes the Rickettsia Rickettsii bacteria so dangerous is its ability to tear open the blood vessels and cause significant internal hemorrhaging. This can lead to numerous medical complications, including kidney failure and brain damage. If the disease remains untreated, the bacteria's victims can bleed to death. Doctors relate Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever is more easily treated if caught within the first five days of symptoms. But in Faith's case, the infection has gone untreated for 10 days. With her blood platelet count a mere 11%, she is barely clinging to life. I didn't realize that you only have two or three days to treat Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever before it's too late. We was hoping for a miracle. I pray to God not to let my little girl die, my baby girl. To treat the Rickettsia Rickettsii infection, doctors place faith on a powerful drug named doxycycline. She was laying in the bed, had her little doggy. Her legs and her arms, her whole body was stiffening up. Her eyes were rolled back in her head. I think the fight was slowly going out of her. Having suffered a seizure because of dramatic internal bleeding, doctors placed the girl on life support. We were shocked because she had all the wires and the tubes coming out of her. I stayed her, I held her hand all night. The next day, Faith is still unresponsive. Linda and Steve must make the decision that every parent dreads, to take their child off life support. You can feel your children in your heart, and I couldn't feel Faith anymore. Tragically, six-year-old Faith Brown passes away. But how did she contract this horrific infection? The Rickettsia Rickettsii bacteria is most commonly transmitted to humans through exposure to an infected tick. The tick normally needs to be attached for a four to six hour period in order to transmit the disease to humans. But Rickettsia can also be transmitted if an infected tick's bodily fluids simply come into contact with those of a human. And the family recalls a moment when they saw a tick on Faith 11 days before she died. And I would walk down to the creek, and there was one on Faith's leg. I just reached down and picked it off and killed it. I've always heard you didn't have to worry about one crawling on you, just if one bit you. Steve and Linda believe that the tick merely crawled across a scratch on Faith's leg, and that is how she contracted the infection. Six years later, they're still trying to come to terms with their loss. People say the pain goes away. The pain don't go away. You learn to deal with it a little bit. And today, Faith continues to be a beacon of hope. We started the Faith Can Move Mountains Endowment Fund to draw awareness to Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever can be found across much of the continental United States, although it's especially prevalent in the American South. To avoid Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever and other tick-borne illnesses, 
The CDC recommends using insect repellent containing DEET and always check for ticks. And even if they're not latched, it's recommended to keep the specimen so that if symptoms do occur, it can be used to help with diagnosis. For more blood-curdling monsters and their hideous habits, visit our website, animalplanet.com slash monstersinsideme. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.